1: Visit livenation.com
2: slash concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, some 41, 30 seconds to Mars. Oh, and two door cinema club. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting, all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, And that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com.
3: The Around the NFL podcast will always honor past heroes.
4: (laughs) From from the Chris Wessling podcast studio, it's the Around the NFL podcast. Dan Hans is here with Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler, we have a little bit of a crisis at home. Oh. You know, I like to keep your home. My, my personal life private on some level, but when something really bubbles out, up inside the house, I'd like to get your thoughts as uh, fellow fathers. Okay. Um, Jack Hanses, age seven. Um, he's in first grade. He's at the age now where he's starting to, I think, like my first crush was on my first grade teacher. He, we get a call from... <laughs> Uh, the a
5: lot to unpack already. What? <laughs> I don't know why Mark no, and I's
4: first reaction I, was to look at Erica for her reaction. Why like, are you guys so weird? You ne- you don't know the boys get crushes on their teachers? Yeah, that's, yeah,
3: that's I'm normal. I'm not a strange. That's, that's fine. Just, no, that's it was, that's that was normal.
4: Does everything need to have, like, looks shared between each other? Can we just, can I tell a story?
3: Well, wow. Dan, you, s- yeah, that's fine. What? Nothing. No, I think it's very, I think it's very think cute. It's cute. Yeah, have your yeah. way. Like, keep, keep going with the, with the tail.
4: <laughs> no, well, now the this, this story's been delayed. So now the story might get over long.
3: Yeah, careful. You don't want to, you know, upset Greg with a long story. Wait, that was before the show. You <laughs> I don't think have you heard, can just stop the story now. You
4: should have heard the tension between Ricky and Greg before the show started. It's of uncomfortable.
3: Off. Let's hear the my
4: story. Goodness. Anyway, Jack has a uh, after school uh, teacher and um, she called my wife and said, hey, heads up. Uh, Jack kind of pulled me aside and... uh took out a $20 bill from his backpack and said, here, I wanted to give this to you because you do such a great job. Um, That was my $20 bill.
3: That's so cute. (laughs) She
4: she didn't take the money, which, you know, good test of her morals, her moral judgment, uh, reported it back to the wife. Um, And then I mentioned it to uh, the text thread that my family's on. And Keith, my dad, who was, you know, you know, he's the old man, he had this to say. Bottom line is the wallet was your possession, not his, to take and give away. He also secretly took the money. It was nice that he was giving it away with appreciation. How are you going to handle this? <laughs> oh, so he took I it just out, got that text. He took the 20 out of your wallet. Uh, he, my son denied that he took it out of the wallet. So where did he get it? He took it out of my wallet. <laughs> he said he found it on the kitchen table. That's not what happened.
3: So, so are how do you? We this? this guy you, sounds like a
5: real romantic. He'll steal from his <laughs> yeah. own father to impress the uh, the lady. And, so is that you know. really
3: what happened, or did he take the twenty dollar bill out and say, "You want this twenty? You got to dance for it, teach." <laughs>
4: well, no, I don't know if it has. I, I think teach. there was an innocence to it, uh, but also my son has. I think um, there's something special in him. But I have to. He's either going to be a, a great leader of people, uh, or a leader of a. Um, an army force against like uh, cyborgs, like T2, like a John Connor situation. Okay. Or evil. So I need to, I need to make sure he's on the right path. How do we mm. handle this? We let him off the hook. We give him a pass. Well, I think you, no. you
6: explain that you don't take other people's possessions, that that's important, but that if you are, you know, having feelings for someone, you, you know, you have a crush on someone giving them money. That's a good move. You just <laughs> give them money. It's I'm kind
5: of really impressed. So it's like a little of both. I'm impressed with his you, actions Greg. on some level. Um that's to I. to mine his way into your wallet and steal a 20 and, and understand that that's would be a lot of not money five, to give a teacher. No. Not not a 1. Not even a ten. And when you mention that, you know, one of his paths could be like the leader of some sort of, um, like apocalyptic yeah. thug gang. I mean, this would be a formative moment. I don't. Do you want to suppress that if that's maybe what he's supposed to be? That's Mark's dream that
6: for his kids. So <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, maybe
5: right you know, he's telling you, who, you know,
4: he's, <laughs> here's my skills and my gifts. All right. Well, thank you for the input, and I will um, address this and give you guys an update at a later date. Week nine. <laughs> later tonight, you're gonna hear, um, for me and maybe some guests. On the Jets and <laughs> Colts, how that went. I already told. I already. Everybody listening that's already going to know the outcome. Just know that I knew what was coming, and I'm they couldn't good. hurt me. Just remember that. Um, the Jets cannot hurt me anymore, and the football gods. I'm need not to doing know that. that. <laughs> I am not doing that. This is Week Nine. Here we are. This is the midpoint of the NFL season. This week, once we're through the games, and we have a uh, nice slate of games. Some another week with some big favorites. I think that might be. There's something cooking here. That there's a lot of. Is there more bad teams it this year? It seems like bigger
5: spreads than in a long time.
4: Is this how it always is, or does this feel like there's a few more bad teams this year?
6: The truly bad teams don't seem like they can compete. I think there is something to that. Hmm,
4: interesting. Anyway, we have big news. Obviously, that came down uh, on Wednesday with Aaron Rodgers. And that is something we'll unpack a little bit later. Uh, but let us start with the primetime games. Let's get into the preview. And uh, yes, Gravedigger's back, by the way, behind the glass. And he, I actually, I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but I I, I think maybe he didn't appreciate the assumption that he didn't come to work because he was so upset about the Derrick Henry (laughs) uh, injury uh, because he is a, a professional who does his job well. So an apology to the Gravedigger.
6: Yeah, He's such a professional, he'll be at the Titans
4: game while we're all taping our Sunday podcast. How about that? Titans?
6: Yeah, I, I, we're still learning about Gravedigger,
4: I think. Titans 6-2 yeah. and two at Rams, 7-1 and one, Sunday night football at SoFi Stadium. And um, we all know what's going on here. The Titans, this is a team that's been surging, that has been uh, on a real hot streak, uh, that puts them at the top of the AFC as we speak right now. And yet they lost Derrick Henry, and it's going to be Mark a test, isn't it? Like the old, how important is a running back really in the NFL? <laughs> well, the guy that everyone knows is more important to his team than any other running back exits. Does do the Titans exit from the conversation as a contender?
5: I don't think so, because I, as much as they have been reliant on him over the years, it's not all they are. I thought it was interesting that Todd Downing, their play caller, basically said he would be doing a disservice. To the entire offense to get away from their run-oriented approach. But you're gonna have to be you're gonna have to be different, and you're gonna have to rely more on on Tannehill and A.J. Brown. AJ Brown's coming off two big weeks, but this week specifically, suddenly you're dealing with a defense that was already a big headache. And I know it was the Texans, but there are clips out there and tape of like them wrecking Houston's front and making life hell for Davis Mills. And now you've got Tennessee having to deal with not only Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey who'll be on AJ Brown but also you throw Von Miller into the mix. I think they're going to do something spicy with him and it just seems like a, a, for the Titans offensive line and who they want to be, you're going to find out right away.
6: This is an acid test, I think. Right, having two pass rushers in Donald and Floyd is that's great, especially when one of them's the greatest of all time. You add th- a third and suddenly it's just like impossible to to avoid one-on-one matchups where either Floyd or Miller are going to be in good situations, and the Titans haven't really pass-protected well this year. They're 6-2 and despite some things going against them. The injuries in the secondary, the offensive line, and yet they're about to finish the toughest four-game stretch they could possibly have, and I feel like every week we're like, well, this will really tell us something about the Titans. They beat the Bills. This will tell us something about the Titans. They beat the Chiefs. Like, this should be the letdown game against the Colts, team that knows them. They get that win. So when I saw the line in this game, seven and a half, feels a little disrespectful. I don't know if Adrian Peterson is ready in his first game to be the full Adrian Peterson that maybe he could be in three or four weeks where at least he's, like, deep, you
4: know, at least he's solid. Can he we be honest about what Adrian Peterson is in the first place? What we saw last year was a very middle-of-the-road guy right. up there in years at this point. He's not I, special anymore. I
6: He's not special, but I think just as a pure runner, like a pure power runner, he was average to better than average of NFL's. Players started. No so I think he'd be solid. So. But even understanding that, it's kind of a lot to ask to just like come off wherever, whatever he was doing, and just play a lot this game. You'll probably see a lot of Jeremy McNichols. So may, maybe Vegas is asking you to to have the Titans keep it close. But I believe in Tannehill. I think they will make it a and, fun game.
4: You know, that's why I didn't ding the Titans in the power rankings after Henry's injury because I I think they've earned at this point the respect. Um, with their play in recent weeks to say, okay, let's see. You are a well-coached team. You still have your quarterback. We all know as long as you have your starting quarterback – you usually can keep your head above water. So I'm not ready to say the Titans are cooked, and I'm interested to see how this plays out. It's a great experiment. It does put a lot more pressure on Julio Jones to have a real role on this team, and, and if he could stay healthy, be, make this a better passing team, because I think they'll have to be to He's going to play after missing a couple games. Can we talk about Cooper snaps. Cup? I, and I know maybe we are talking a lot about Cooper Cup, or maybe we're not talking about it enough. I just want to go his game log, because doesn't it seem like he's always having a big game this year? It's because yes. he is. Here we go. Seven for 108 and one. That was week one. Nine for 163 and two. Nine for 96 and two. Five for 64. Seven for 92. Nine for 130 and two. Ten for 156 and two. Seven for 115 and one. And this is from NFL Media Research. Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup have connected on 10 uh, touchdown passes this season. Most by the duo in the NFL. Second most by QB Pass catcher in the first eight games since 1970. And this stat cup is the only player in the Super Bowl era since 1966 with 900 yards and 10 receiving touchdowns in his team's first eight games of a season. I'm not looking, I'm not not just trying to like, like like, you know, regurgitate stats at you, but I think we need to start looking at what's happening here is a historic season. And this is just like something, I don't think anybody predicted this. And yet here we are. He's the back to back player of the month on offense i
5: don't i'm not surprised that some of these like records in general will be broken by some quarterback and wide receiver out there in 2021 stuff from you know the mid-2000s and before but this is truly special because you know anyone anyone preparing for the rams knows every game that this is what
6: cooper cup is how he's going to be used what's he's going to do and he's still doing it i i think he has a chance for 2,000 yards which would be wild <laughs> <laughs> from a receiver, you get the 17th game that helps, but he's uh, almost on pace for 2,000 right now. So you'd have to pick it up a lot, a little. That's asking. But the thing that I think people miss on Cup is how often just it's just every play that he makes the first guy miss. And I and I think it's not just about that they scheme him open and he's a good route runner. And he gets deep. He almost always makes the first guy miss. It mm-hmm. reminds me a little bit of Lamar or Herbert in the pocket, where it's like they almost don't even worry about the first guy, like the first guy they've got, and then they got to figure out what to do after that. And and Cup's at that level. Debo Samuel's at that level. Two of the better yak receivers
4: that we've seen in a long They're time. They're
6: kind of both not getting discussed enough, but maybe I think we're getting a tipping point with
4: Cup, where yeah, he's getting mentioned every show. I believe so. I think it's a field goal game. What do you guys think? That's what I had. Three or four. Hmm.
6: Yeah, I think it's going to be close. I definitely go Rams. Though. I definitely. I wonder if like there's any bit with the Rams after playing these three cupcakes in a row. Is there like any? Will there be any uh, shock of like, oh, this is what playing a real team's like? They literally just played the, you know, the Giants at their worst in, in terms of injuries, and then the Lions and the Texans. Maybe it's like a shock. To no, the they don't strike me under Sean McVay team. to be like suddenly stunned <laughs> by you know.
5: A, a, an actual Let, contender coming in. Let's
4: get. I want to get a heat check on Gravedigger. I want to see if he's just chucking up threes from 35 feet and if he thinks his team's going to win this weekend. I, on, an honest uh, assessment, a uh, prediction of the game, uh, Justin, as someone who knows the team better than any of us.
6: I think that there could be some element of surprise where if you are playing against the Derrick Henry Titans, you know exactly what your defensive game plan is. And this one week could be provide i mean that's probably only lasts a half but it could give the titans a spark early on i think this could be a week the titans fall short for sure it's an nfc game it doesn't really matter that much for their playoff standings but it would be nice to keep that afc one seed all right locked give me a score i will go check
4: rams 38 titans 30 oh okay jeez Wow. They so didn't even cover. So the defense won't show up in this spot. It's tough. I mean, it's the Rams. It's rough. All right. They'll yeah. be okay. As he's saying, though, I mean, it will matter if the Colts somehow get hot uh, in the standings. But at 6-3, and three, an NFC loss, you'll be okay heading into Week 10. Let's move to the Monday night football game between the Chicago Bears, who always seem to get on the primetime schedule regardless of what they put out on the field um, (laughs) against the Pittsburgh Steelers, four and three. We know what happened uh, in Cleveland last Sunday, Pittsburgh outlasting the Browns in a kind of a classic AFC North uh, slugfest, a slobber knocker. Uh, So they are now above 500 at four and three after that one and three start and looking very much like kind of the type of Steelers team that, you know, could find its way to the playoffs. Potentially the Chicago bears on the mean. um, Meanwhile, Greg, Three and five. Uh, they lost last week, but at the same time, there were some reasons to be excited watching them for the first time in a while. And it starts behind center.
6: Justin Fields is a roller coaster, like a lot of rookie QB, especially ones that struggle. And he struggled on balance. Where the good games, like last week, were really good. I thought that was his best game of the season. I don't know if it, you know, I don't think it's Nagy not being there, but I do like the idea that Bill Lazor is figuring out ways to get the best out of fields. And if nothing else, they're telling him, run the ball more because he is an incredible runner. There's only two design runs on those 10 runs, so it was a lot of just scrambling. Uh, But when he had the first read open, he hit it, and I think this is a winnable game for them. If they had Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson, we don't really know. Eddie Jackson, their their former All-Pro safeties, struggled a little bit this year, got hurt early in last week's game, and Khalil Mack didn't play for the first time as a Bear. And their defense, which had been... Competitive was terrible a week ago, and if you're competitive, I think you stay in the game against the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers are about two plays away from scoring, you know, six points against the Browns. You got a fourth, down, a couple of fourth downs, and it's like they're working hard for their points. So if Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson's out there, I think we could have like a fun game, close, close game. I think
5: it could be close. I I, I don't really trust the Bears no. on any level compared to the Steelers, and I think you saw Pittsburgh's offensive line start to dominate Cleveland down the stretch in that game and like it's been a long journey for that they're very young and they're still learning how to kind of mesh but that was a ball yeah right that was very helpful I thought for them in that situation and you know Tomlin is 22 and four against rookie starters but I'm with you on fields I, I you know there have been moments obviously before the Niners game where you saw it and you can and, and you just want him to get more comfortable but I thought that he just his athleticism took over last week and on the ground he was a total factor and I thought he saw the ball better and he was throwing the ball beyond the sticks and using you know, his, there was a, t- a tight – one of his tight ends, Cole Komet, dropped the ball in the end zone. I mean, he could have – they could have had, that game could have been even closer. Scored so. seven times
4: in nine drives.
5: He had yep. a great game. I think Khalil Herbert also has been – one. Of, there have been a number of good rookie running backs, but he has been awesome for them.
4: It kind of got wiped away because San Francisco's offense got hot. Um, but the touchdown run, the 22-yard touchdown run – well, let's listen to it. Let's hear Jeff Joniak with the call because I thought – th- that was the moment where Bears fans were like, okay, all right, I know this has been a tough season – But there's something special here, potentially. Let's listen in.
0: Football at the 21-yard line. It's fourth down. Here we go. Sun comes out. Bears down seven. (laughs) 9.52 clock running here on the fourth. Fields with eight on the play clock, trying to get everybody set. Mooney in motion to the right. Fields now brings him back the other way. On the take. Fields was going to do something with it, but it was not this. He's trying to get out of
1: trouble. (laughs) Breaks out of a tackle left to the 15, 10, 5, and no touchdown! Touchdown Bears! 22-yard ad-lib play! A broken play turns into six for Justin Fields.
4: It was an electrifying moment in that game, and the first electrifying moment around the Bears that I can remember in a long time, to be quite honest with you. So, Um, Let's see more of that, Matt Nagy. Do not put this guy in shackles. Let him be loose. Let him make mistakes. But also, make sure you don't overload him and let him be what he is, which is a young quarterback, a young athletic quarterback. We'll see if that happens.
5: What is more – I mean, the one thing that's happened with Corona is that it seems like almost every time a head coach is out – uh, the team thrives, and it's like if you're Nagy on top of everything else that you're dealing with critique-wise, like that's this thing out there. Like maybe they're just better without their head coach. Right. In the, the game, building. the yeah. game
6: they flipped to Laser as the play caller was his first, was his best game or, or first good game, and then the game he missed, they had <laughs> the Laser leap. They call. I, right. I don't know though. I I just I'm just <laughs> not buying um, the Steelers' cause their passing game is so bad, and uh, it, any teams that that whose passing game is
4: that bad like is going to keep the other team in the game do we think that maybe by the way um alan robinson can get involved in the bears offensive he, season he's he, he has crossed 50 <laughs> yards like once all year twice I and mean, it's just it's he's got to be frustrated all right let's get to the draft now so primetime games out of the way the bucks lions seahawks and washington all on a bye and this week mark Sessler has the first overall pick
5: well, this may be the last time that I that I do this, depending on how this um, shakes out. But I am going to pick the Browns one more time at Cincinnati because I think, first of all, it's not some you know zero-stakes
6: game. It has been a dramatic oh, it's week. It's a big one! We it's can get one into of the biggest. It. It's maybe the best 1 p.m. game or ever. 10 a.m. game ever, ever, Greg. ever, according to Greg. <laughs> Just this week, <laughs> I'm saying it's probably the best one. That, that's Romo's there, your boy. Well, you know, know, I've I've made it
5: clear how I feel about that dynamic, but it would be the perfect week for Romo to be there um, and not commentating what's gone down all week long, Dan, with the Odell Beckham scenario. Uh,
4: You know what? So someone explain this one to me because now the Beckham doesn't get traded. We talked about it on Tuesday. The, um, The LeBron tweet, Odell Sr. with the Instagram message, and then he doesn't practice and he's not practicing again on Thursday and they're excused absences and the reporting out there is that he's not going to play for the Browns again what this feels like a unique situation because it's not a contract squabble right it's not a situation where he's unhappy with his playing time he's the starting uh, outside wide receiver for the Browns he just doesn't like the quarterback and he's a he's essentially to me a rat jumping off a ship that's sinking only the ship's not really sinking so there's Odell has always been to me kind of a me-first dude. He was that guy with the Giants, and that was part of the risk when you brought him to Cleveland. So Cleveland, I guess, put, left itself open for something like this to happen. But at the end of the day, I don't think this is some Browns catastrophe. Rather, Odell being Odell and not really being a team guy, and I think it's just like such a bad look for him.
5: I think also we live in a like in America where people forget anything that happened like a week ago for the most part. So this is a drama they have to deal with and move on. But I, for me... What it, what it vibed as for me a little bit boils down to future money because I kind of think that Odell Beckham was a very clear-cut candidate this offseason. This coaching staff wanted to use him. They wanted – like, you know, Stefanski's been – adamant about wanting to get him involved. You know, Andrew Berry's played ball, but the, it was John Dorsey who went and pulled the trade for Odell Beckham, and they tried to make it work. You know, we've spent a year-plus asking why it's just not working on the field between Baker and Odell, and I think both of them, you know, if you look at just the raw tape, it's like both of them have – been culpable for some of the stuff that's happened there. But, I mean, he's going to get cut. I think his value is diminishing. There's been a narrative about the offense being better without Odell Beckham, which is an ugly narrative for Odell. And I think frustration boiled over, and he probably you know, was pushing... To, to, to some degree to be traded before the trade deadline I would imagine there had been some conversation of some level and Andrew Barry's like I'm not just going to move you because you want to be moved we're not going to get there's not enough value coming back in the offers that I would imagine were floated out there and Odell Beckham's thinking if I continue with this season and, and totally flatline what's my next contract with a new team because there's no dead money to
6: cut him this off season." <laughs> right but you're trying to win this year like that all makes sense for okay he's going to get cut But what about this year? But that like it it doesn't sound like it was Odell Beckham's choice. It sounds like because of what happened on Tuesday. So you have the father. I I can't believe after all they gave up for the for Odell Beckham back in the day and him being like uh, on the walls of our building, (gasps) uh, uh, this building and our last (laughs) building. That like the end. <laughs> Our
4: art department went all in on.
5: I don't know the why superstar. they
6: created an Odell Beckham and a Browns jersey in this
4: building, but that's, that's uh, but, fine. But also,
6: like, so he's that big of a star, and yet his career in Cleveland is ending with the final straw being his dad posting a video of low lights. With that's what we hurts. know, though that—that's <laughs> that, that what we know. End, that. that was the end point. So that was that was part of it, and the fact Baker's talking about that was part of it, and LeBron sending the tweet was part of it. And you're right. I suspect there is more going on behind the scenes that we don't know. But based on the reporting, it sounds like Kevin Stefanski told him to stay home. So I don't know what the last straw was. In term- maybe they had a conversation after the trade deadline who knows that didn't go well and he said stay home but he informed the team that odell beckham's essentially not part of the team mike silver was the first person to report this it's funny that they keep adding like he's been excused from practice again yeah he's he's never coming back that this is over they apparently rejected some lame trade uh proposals from the saints maybe it was a third day pick like a fourth round pick i've heard and it I guess you would have rather have a fourth-round pick than nothing, um, because right now you have nothing. But Lord, it, the Browns it sort of on Tuesday
4: man. that if they didn't make a trade, right. that it's, he's not like going to play something, anyway. Like did right. something, something seems like something.
6: I think something changed. I don't think it's him sitting out. I, I have a feeling they didn't want to deal with him anymore, and they thought they were better off without him. I which is I, crazy. I think that's exactly what
5: they think, and I think on top of it, you know, after what happened, how do you bring him back? He's he's essentially publicly through a you Good know riddance. right. He's, he's never you, helped this you team. You cut
4: bait with this I, now. I can think of two games where he truly helped the team. There was a Monday night game against the Jets where he had a big touchdown, and he had that one big game last year before the ACL where he he made big time plays. Otherwise, this has been a yeah just a would, bad bad transaction. I was ta-
5: I was doing a thing on Cleveland radio and was like, quick, name the top five Odell Beckham moments in Cleveland, and you cannot outside of the what you just mentioned, Dan. Hmm. So I think if anything, if there's a positive. You know, the teammate, the, the, a lot of the players love Odell in this locker room. That's been made clear by comments. But if you can get to a point where this is something that you make a statement about who the Browns are under Kevin
6: Stefanski and Andrew Barry, maybe you can rally around it, too. I get I, I think they're also just trying to get out of the money. They owe him $9 million for the rest of the year. They probably don't want to cut him and have, like, the Patriots who they play in a couple of weeks or some team— claim him, but if they could negotiate a settlement with him where he agrees to pass up some of that money because he wants to play football this year, I think we could see him on another Why is he team. Quitting or, the team, though? Or agrees he to not told be... told him to stay home.
4: I mean, he is and he isn't. let's not be naive here, Greg. They're, it's not that the the Browns, after deciding they weren't going to trade him, are like, don't come here anymore. He doesn't want to play for him. I
6: th- I, right, and I think they decided, okay, then we don't want you here if you're going to be putting these right, things Right, but up. they're not or telling him to, to stay
4: home if he's not saying I don't want to yeah, be absolutely here. Absolutely correct and it's like what is up with that? Why is how is that at all acceptable? I don't know. I don't know. I dude. think they th- they thought they
6: could get away with like this weird last minute like trade me push and that was like too much for Cleveland cuz by most reports he hasn't acted, you know, in any particular unprofessional way in the in the building that he's gone, he showed mm. up to work, he's worked and he and he's just kept it quiet. And, right. and Baker Mayfield sort of alluded to it, which is you know, they he basically said, Yeah, like a conversation would be great, because we haven't talked about it at all about anything. It, it was never going to end well and it's not ending well.
4: Let's um let's move to the Bengals here uh, before we move on, uh because they're a big story here too. I mean, you entered last week, they were five and two, flying high on top of the AFC North, and then they just collapse late in the fourth quarter against the Jets if they would have you know hung on for that game you you would write it off as all right they got in a tough spot on the road and a unknown quarterback got hot but they found a way to win but when you don't find a way to pull that game out and you the defense implodes the way it did Greg did that change how you felt about Cincinnati at all are you willing to give them a bit of a pass and see what happens this week
6: I I don't think they're some unbeatable team they weren't you know the They were the number one seed in the AFC. They're one of the teams in the AFC that's frisky and competitive and is going to be in the playoff mix. I don't put them above like this whole big group. They didn't blitz uh, Mike White at all, and they're not a blitz team. They're just a a layback, rally to the ball, a lot of energy, and teams like that that aren't that talented and don't have that good of a pass rush, it's like a smaller margin for error. I don't think they match up that well with the Browns because that's what Baker Mayfield wants to do. Like you know, I, I think they want to run the ball. They want to throw it short, and I I don't I think the Browns match up pretty well against Cleveland this week. I, I do. was going
4: I almost thought about locking up Cincinnati, Mark. I got to be honest because I don't really like the general tenor of this Cleveland season anymore. Uh, but and then the Romo Nance thing, the ghosts of Romo and Nance like circling the Browns. But now I'm thinking like the post Odell they are gonna it, rally it, right. in the locker room uh, around this, so I'm gonna stay away from this game and hope your team wins.
5: And, and I also would look at what happened against the Jets. Is Zach Taylor as a head coach? You know, it's not all on him, but they, you don't good coaches that are super experienced, their teams don't fall flat
6: in in those surprise the situations. The fine. This is a situation I think for the they first... were
5: fine except Burrow threw another four, killer fourth quarter. Yeah, but pick. That was, a, the that was in an,
6: that. an incredibly fluky. Tipped pass that the defensive lineman made an incredible play on. It wasn't like fluky. Like he made a great play, but I'm not killing. The weird him thing for like a 300 pound guy like lifting his arm up and catching it. That was that was great. The I weird thing is now.
4: I didn't see Cincinnati's flat in that game. No, their offense was good. Their defense fell apart. I mean, once in a year terrible. type game. The defense was bad, but I didn't see it like they were sleepwalking. They had control of that game midway through the fourth quarter. And then they just melted down. I'm just saying it's
5: a Jets team that had 50-plus put on them the week before. That's what I mean. I mean that's kind just, of my you know, point,
4: that it was kind of like a weird, funky Halloween day situation. I, All I the think players have Brown- Halloween. It's Halloween, baby! Yeah, yeah.
6: <laughs> I think the Browns have the better <laughs> roster and the better coach, but the Bengals have the better quarterback. So it's like, which, which right.
4: matters more? If every game is this long as a preview, this will be, be a we'll seven-hour show. That was O'Dell Beckham's career that, no, that ending was right, right. That was good combo, good sports talk, guys. Let's take a break and uh, keep
0: moving.
4: all right, Greg, you are up with the next pick. Maybe I'll jump you, yeah. or maybe I won't. Maybe we will jump you. Yeah. Nah,
6: I won't. You have two more left, two right? More two available. more jumps. Once okay. I make the pick, you can't jump can't me. Can't do it. It has to be a pre-pick jump. Nope. I'm taking the the Packers and the Chiefs. I'm excited you didn't jump me because I really wanted to watch this one. There's only three late games, and I'm all in on the Jordan Love experience. I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like they're either going to get blown out or they're going to win this game. I picked them to win on Game Picks uh, on the website because I just have seen enough with the Chiefs where I'm starting to think we kind of know who they are roughly, and I've seen enough with Matt LaFleur that I want to give him some credit. Jordan Love is going to get a full week as the starter. He's going to get Devontae Adams back, Alan Lazard back, and possibly David Bakhtiari back, which is that last one is huge, and Mm -hmm. it sounds like he's back. When I watched Jordan Love in the preseason and for those, you know, 10 dropbacks in week 1, whoo I'm surprised people aren't more excited about him. I mean, he as he does it all. He's he's a lot. Like he's Josh Allen maybe as a rookie, which is not great. Like you're going to have some good and some bad. He he made Two or three terrible red zone plays where he showed very little awareness, and that's a problem. But his arm strength and his movement ability and some of the throws he made were like box office, and I'm kind of excited what he's gonna do to see what he's gonna do with a full week of prep with a good coaching staff against a bad defense. To me, this is a close game. I thought it was very disrespectful to Matt LaFleur to make the Chiefs a seven and a half point favorite. What if the... I could lock up the Packers wow.
4: covering I would lock that up. That is, is that allowed? I mean I, I I know the desert has its reasons so it's not like they Can I lock
6: that up? That should be cuz we get to pick favorites. Well we're just doing spreads now well, instead at of that. That's to a real winner. That's right? supposed to be 50-50. We pick real winners well, that are favorites, so it's a less of a chance than picking I know a favorite, but Craig this is, is a, 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 first of all this is a a contest <laughs>
5: that you wanted to remove from the podcast. I still do. And now in week 9 you suddenly want to completely change the complexion well, of it. I just want to get that loud. Yeah. A, my
4: my feeling on I think that picking the spreads in the future is something we should discuss. Us. Sure. That wasn't really allowed, right? Until it's last harder. It's my year.
5: point. That's harder. Um, but it's a discussion, Greg. Anyway, like we all discuss. We not should, just,
4: you know. So the Aaron Rodgers story is is kind of a head scratcher. I mean, we have we on this show and a lot of other people have gotten hard on. uh ah. We've gotten upset about Aaron Rodgers or uh, Kirk Cousins and uh, his uh, decision not to be vaccinated, and Aaron Rodgers. It's worse because it's like, well. It all depends where you come down on this. But I think it's worse because not only are you not vaccinated, which causes a lot of issues um, on a number of levels, you kind of hid it from people, and you hid behind some different type of wording to try to skirt around it with the media. You weren't following the protocols that you're supposed to be following um, on some level, and uh, now you're missing a big game. So Packers fans who are annoyed by this, I get it. Maybe more than one game. I mean, it's it 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 was like a
5: total nuclear bomb landing news-wise. But I, I am totally you know flummoxed on how you tell everyone that you're immunized, and that doesn't mean what everyone would assume it means. And I, I guess we just
6: let it. He play thought out. he was he thought he was protected by his homeopathic um, solution, which he apparently reportedly you know according to our guys the in uh applied to the NFLPA and NFL and said, was this homeopathic method I did to immunize myself. And it was rejected though. And it was rejected. No, bro. Because all, basically all homeopathic, um, yeah, you know, solutions to disease have been proven medically to be hundred comp- percent false. Well, know, whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a minute. Like, if you go I'm, science I'm on that road, but that Greg, that is I'm a massive generalization about. It's just the truth, though. Like, if you what? if you go like scientific no, journals. No, you can't
3: say you can't. Uh, you really can. you can't. <laughs> you really can't. Really can. Scientific that journals,
5: is, Greg
6: is reading.
3: Oh my god! I'm saying uh, like, Greg, that was a med- like that
5: just doesn't even apply to what we're talking about here on some level, but. He, honestly, like you're, to, you're next to Mr. Homeopath. No, right it, now. I right. I
6: think that in this case, talk to a scientist or a doctor about in it. In this
5: case, in this case, <laughs> it certainly does not apply. And like it was rejected by the league. And it is very, I mean, it is one of the weirder, it's the weirdest corona
6: tinge story that we've had right. all season. I mean, it people got a little crazy getting so like upset. To me, it was more like jokes, you know, it's like good for jokes here that Rogers thinks he's smart enough that in that moment he thinks he's getting one over on everyone. That's the part where it's like, you're showing who you are a little bit like right. in that moment, he is sitting there thinking I'm getting one over on anyone. Cause I said, immunize, which first of all, immunize is a synonym for vaccinated. So it doesn't, you still got that part wrong. And then he says immediately, nice try, I don't, Mr. I don't think we, um, he also said like, I don't <laughs> think that you, we should judge the people who aren't vaccinated, which, you know, right. as, as misleading as, possible will he be is the in the fallout
5: he's a bit of a strange guy we all get that but like I could think of 10 other players that would pull this same stunt and the reactions would be different based on who they are as well what
4: kind of I'm curious what kind of fallout there is because I think about I think about Carson Wentz as an example another guy that is not vaccinated Um, that game ends last week and they show him walking off the sideline to meet all the players at midfield and the coaches he puts his mask on immediately Aaron Rodgers. Trying he to doesn't pull. have to. I mean, they've kind is of. That a, is that a. Yeah,
6: they've kind of pointed out that, at least on camera, Rodgers hasn't done anything that is violating rules. The fact that he wasn't wearing it in the media room is the confusing part. because like, But Kirk Cousins hasn't been doing that either. They just told everyone, and they're like, hey, we yeah. want you guys to It's been to like know. a team-by-team team But thing. one thing that has been proven that where he was bre- breaking a lot of the rules is he's been going to these team parties and stuff like that, uh, like the Halloween parties. And, and that, all of that actually is against the COVID rules. That if you're unvaccinated, you can't go to the indoor team functions and all that stuff. And so they do have proof of that if they want to get carried away.
4: But uh, I mean, I'm mean? not carrying... Away. Away. I mean, no,
6: no, no! I mean, <laughs> they're gonna fine them. No, no, they should fine them. I'm just saying, like, they're not gonna suspend them for that. It's a terrible
5: job by Yeah, Rodgers. it was a absolutely. Who like, is- I, I just, I'm not just. I don't want to spend four years on it. It is what it is. But it's like we're not just. It's not just a a mulligan. It, it was a completely confusing comment by Aaron Rodgers, and now he's
6: missing a key game for them. Well, but he would have missed it. Most likely anyways. Everyone got worked up about the five-day returning thing. I, show me the person who's returned in five days. And I think that is worth noting because he might not be back for the next game. Devontae Adams, for instance, is vaccinated, did not make it back to practice until Thursday after testing positive the previous Monday. That was 10 days, and he is vaccinated. Because you know what? It's like this disease is unpredictable, and you might not test negative two days in a row for a solid like 10 days even if you are vaccinated. You might have symptoms.
4: All right. It's, Just a, it's like where he's an intelligent dude, but there's some arrogance, I think, that that got into the mix here about how he's handling this and puts the team in a bad spot. All right, let's move on um, with the game talk. Is there anything else we think about this game? Because, you know, the Chiefs catch a huge break here, uh, Mark, because now you have no Aaron Rodgers, and we're excited to see Jordan Love, sure, but it's a totally different ballgame. The Packers are on a se- seven-game winning streak, and we're playing their best ball of the year, coming off a great primetime win over Arizona. So the Chiefs, who didn't look close to having things right on Monday night in their narrow win over the Giants, uh, this is a real gift. Uh, Do they even know what to make of it?
5: It is, except I kind of, you know, with Jordan Love, and I like what Greg said about Jordan Love. It's just like, there is the element of surprise. And, you know, you'd like to think that a first round pick would be prepared for this moment. Yes, it's a huge, obviously not having Aaron Rodgers is a massive advantage for a Chiefs team that is simply average. It, they're just an average team at this point with a lot of issues. But you don't have Jerick's Alexander in there for the Packers. You know, maybe there is a chance for a bit of a bounce back here. But outside of Jordan Love, the Packers are way healthier than they have been of late. And I, I, I don't think that this is a big, huge blowout spot for Kansas City at all. Mahomes had 19 incompletions last week. I mean, they're not—they're not fixed on offense. They're a mess.
4: All right, let us uh, move on. I will take the. Other uh, big primetime game, Cardinals at Niners. I thought it was interesting um, how San Francisco's offense uh, showed some signs of life. I thought that Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't you know great, but he looked healthy. He was moving well and just seemed to be a lot more comfortable than when we saw him in the Monsoon uh, against Pittsburgh the previous week. And I think that's a type of game—the win over the Bears where they scored, I believe, on their final seven possessions. Um, that can really jumpstart your confidence. Like the Chiefs are an offense that desperately needs a jumpstart of their confidence to make them believe that they're special again. I think the 49ers got that last week, and they have a quarterback who now probably is breathing a little easier. He's saying, "I know for this week at least, I'm not thinking about how am I going to make it through this game without getting benched. He, he knows he has the coach's faith. Um, so I believe that the Niners are in a good spot at home, they don't play very well at home, but they're at a good spot at home against the Cardinals team coming off a uh, 10-day hmm. break, uh, first loss of the season. I'm interested to see what we see with the Cardinals here, Greg, because I don't know. I, I had
6: really? T- uh, they, to me, uh, like, that was like – a great game, first of all, but a game that a lot of things went against them. In the end, if if not for the A.J. Green, not knowing the play call, the offense at least stepped up and would have had touchdowns in their last three drives when they absolutely needed them. I do worry about them without J.J. Watt because you think back to the first 49ers-Cardinals game, and J.J. Watt dominated in that game, and he's been a great run stopper. It sounds like they'll get David Collins back, uh, but it's all about Kyler Murray just playing or not. If Kyler Murray plays, I'm locking this game up and like if the if the injuries sound good if he doesn't play I'll, I'll revisit because right now it sounds like there's a legitimate chance he he might not play which does get you a little worried, like Kyler at less than 100%. Is he still Kyler? But he has been winning a lot from well, the we pocket saw, this year.
4: We saw what happened last year when he wasn't 100%. Yeah, that was it was a, a different shoulder, injury, yeah. uh, obviously. But, you know, he's a guy that when everything is working together, he is almost impossible to stop. And the fact that it's something that's affecting his mobility is something uh, to keep an eye on here. I, I mean, think it's
5: like a legit game-time decision. DeAndre Hopkins has a hamstring injury. Uh, AJ Green's on the COVID list right now. I mean, this is a, these two met not long ago and the score was 17 to 10. They were one of the few teams that were able to put the clamps on Arizona's offense when they were healthy. And I think that's notable. They know the Cardinals really well. And, uh, you know, I think with Jimmy G., like the t- the design runs they used with him inside the ten yard line show that they are going to stick with him. I think at this point, it, why are we put? Why would they be pushing to put Trey Lance into the lineup? He right started now? that
6: game against the Cardinals too. It was an interesting game where they failed on, hurt. on four different times on fourth and short, and they kind of looked like maybe the better team, the 49ers, that day with Trey Lance. So you do wonder if maybe they'll use him at least a little bit more. They didn't use him last.
4: Yeah, week. maybe there is a way because there seems to be, you know behind the scenes, Shanahan maybe not totally ready for the Trey Lance experience. He does not ready to hand the team over. But at the same time, Garoppolo can't stay healthy. So you you might see Lance, even though it might not be Shanahan's decision. I I kind of like the Niners here. I just got a bit of a not a not a lock, but I think this is a close game. I think this is a field goal game and I could see San Francisco getting a little little right. bit hot. I
6: here. think the 49ers are favored. Vegas
4: is so spooked about the Murray or it's a pick 'em right now. Um all right. I have the next selection as well and I will go with Let's check Dan, in. I
3: got a I got a message for you real oh, quick.
4: Oh, we got a message. uh oh Yeah. Hopefully not from his son stealing more money from the <laughs> wallet. But... <laughs> hey guys larry wesley as the nfl heads into week nine the real question on everyone's mind is what's up with tim wesley i mean he (laughs) made the pick last week but is he too good to get on the podcast and say it himself i know you guys have been clamoring for him and the listeners have been screaming out timber why have you forsaken us is he somehow locked in his one bedroom ivory tower in the sky with no cell phone reception as he drowned in a bottle of Summer Golf Block in his tears after the Bengals lost to Dan's lousy Jets. I guess it'll remain a mystery. Anyway, we're taking the Cardinals. See ya. <laughs> uh, <laughs> deep into the interpersonal spider web that is the Westling family. And Greg it's hates get at, deep
5: deeper and deeper. Well, no. and Greg Greg like has been complaining for weeks and weeks that whoever he locks someone else locks I, as I don't, well I like doing pulls
6: it. them down. If I'm going to no, they're not pulling me down. I'm pulling everyone <laughs> else down at this point. But it's just nice going in if you have your own game. I, I like that.
4: All right, there you go. So the Westlings are in on the Cardinals. I I, I better hope Colin uh, Murray starts as well. Right. I don't know if they considered that part, but hopefully nope. he plays. Sometimes I feel like the actual picking of the games is secondary at this point for the wrestling brothers. It's a settling <laughs> of scores on a weekly basis. Uh, my second pick, I have the sk- sk- snake is will be Vikings at Ravens in the early games. Um, Vikings bitterly disappointing Halloween night game against the Cowboys. I mean, the offense could not get it going. The clamps were put on Kirk Cousins, who was all sorts of fired up. You could or you could argue that perhaps Kirk Cousins was a little on tilt on Sunday night. Justin Jefferson was negated. Dalvin Cook didn't have the huge game that uh I thought was in play potentially coming off the bye. So they're three and four and in desperate need of a W. And now they go to Baltimore, a team coming off their bye, a team that is obviously been banged up and ripped up by injuries. You talked about it, Greg, that you thought Baltimore needed to make some reinforcements at the deadline. That didn't really happen, did it? I don't know. If, did they do anything? I don't think no, they made a move. No. no one did anything. Yeah, it was a little bit no. of a quiet deadline. So the Ravens say, this is who we are. We're going to coach these guys up. We're going to lean on our depth and uh, coming off a bye. I kind of like the uh, the Ravens at home here. I'm uh, not breaking news there.
6: No, and they're, they do have some good injury news. Nick Boyle, who – Smarter people than I always. Hey, that's the best blocking hey. tight end in the league. Hey, they, that that guy Nick makes Boyle. their running game go. But even Boyle. even like the Belichick's of the world love shouting out how this guy might be the best blocking tight end in the league. Hey. So he might be back. Sammy Watkins <laughs> might Boyle. be back. Defensive line is still injured, and I thought it was notable when they lost their right tackle Makari last week because the, the line really fell apart against the the Bengals, and that might still be a situation. But when these two teams play, they're such opposites in terms of how they try to throw the ball. As much as I like Kirk Cousins, you got to look at the at how he's done this year. You got to look at the stats of – I know you like ADOT, Dan. Oh, I love it. Average depth of char- target. No one throws deeper in the NFL by far than Lamar Jackson. I think two yards on average – Per throw more than anyone else, which is outrageous. I mean, they are a bombs away offense. He has evolved. There's no doubt about it. Cousins is the total opposite. He is throwing the ball um, as short as he ever has in his career, and I think the shortest of any starter right now in the NFL, which when you got Justin Jefferson and Osborne who can run a little, you'd like to see them stretch it out. I don't know if that's going to be enough for them.
5: I I hate this for the Vikings to lose to Neil Hunter because they were they led the league in sacks or they were second in the league and you know Jackson has been susceptible to that. The Bengals punished him last time we we watched them play. And the Vikings have scored under 20 points in three of their last four games, seven against the Browns, 19 against the Lions. That's ridiculous. And 16 against the Cowboys. Like, do they, they, we've talked about it. When they've been good, they've been watchable. They've been in a flow and they've been dangerous. And there are other numbers to look at with Kirk Cousins where he's got like a, a at this point, a 14 to two touchdown interception ratio and leads the league with a 69 completion percent. I mean, it's like there are things that Kirk Cousins is doing that are, that check out but then they go to sleep for long well, drives th- at a time their
4: identity is shifting and i don't know if it's ne- necessarily a, a good idea i mean they since cook really took hold as a star they were a run first team and then you know uh, cousins would uh, do his thing when necessary and he would have good numbers and cook would have great numbers and the offense would be good but you I look at last week for example for example cook um, had 18 carries for 78 yards against Dallas. I don't know, he's got they got to run the ball more with Dalvin Cook and that's in that game. He is the best player on your team and 8 weeks into the season this per ESPN. The Vikings ranked 19th in the number of runs called per game, down 40% down because well, they're 40%. so bad at it though.
6: They're terrible at it. They are 29th in in EPA and running like they haven't been effective
4: well, but do you think that's that's something that is going to go through the whole season? I mean, you have a special talent They had a couple great back. games
6: at it, too. It's weird, but they've been bad at it for whatever reason. Ju-
4: I just don't think that's a reason to go away from it and become a pass-first offense because I don't think that's the best version <laughs> of who they are.
6: Can I can I read you a quote that I saw about um, Cousins from Zimmer this week? Yeah, it, oh, yes. the, the quote actually wasn't from this week, but it was the first time I saw it. was from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, because they asked... Mike Zimmer at the Athletic, if he, if they thought that Kirk Cousins wanted more say in the offense, you Excuse know,
4: I, anything you say right now, I'll believe.
6: <laughs> um, he said, "I think he does. I think he's got opinions on a lot of things." No. <laughs> These two
4: <laughs> <laughs> talk about like <sighs> that's such a there's great... a real Ricky Greg dynamic going Stop. on there. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's not true. He's got opinions about a lot of things.
6: <laughs> wow! Imagine being Kirk Cousins and hearing that. His
5: that's oh maybe God. equal to what Odell Beckham's uh, senior did to Baker Mayfield. <laughs> it's like, it could be you know a little more subtle. But-
4: that's like very close. It's a it's a kissing cousin, uh, if you will. To opinions that are like ass. <laughs> everyone has one. Like that's basically what he's saying. Like your opinion doesn't. His opinion, yes, he's going to talk, but I don't listen because <laughs> I don't like the guy.
5: <laughs> Annie's behind a plexi class, you know, wall. One so. of these guys
4: got to write a book. I, I would read it. All right, let's move on. Greg, you're up.
6: I am up, and I'm taking an early game, and I am excited to take the Falcons and the Saints. First game without Jameis Winston. Uh, I'm just curious what this team's gonna be like. I always think this rivalry uh, is fantastic. Long said the best rivalry, I thought, in the NFL. The teams aren't quite where they should be, but you guys used to give me grief. Wes would give me grief, I remember. like the fan, In terms of the fan base is truly hating each other, and they actually play memorable games almost every year. Uh, it's a fun rivalry, and you know Saints fans are going to be juiced up. They don't seem like they're that worried about Jameis Winston being gone, but I am. I think it's, I think it's a pretty big downgrade, and I think the news that Michael Thomas is not returning this year Crusher. is a huge letdown. It started with some sort of mismanagement and lack of trust between the Saints and Michael Thomas uh, during last year when he played through this injury and it continued into this offseason. And you've basically now wasted a couple of years of Michael Thomas's prime. Whoever's fault that is, I don't know, I don't care, but it puts a ceiling on this offense. I'm really surprised that there's whispers this could be Trevor Simeon's job which it's like you're paying Taysom Hill all this money. He was the one with the competition. Something
4: has changed in that building with Taysom We'll see, you though. It could yeah. just be
6: a head fake. Sean Payton's been pretty good at those yeah. over the years. So I'm waiting till Sunday to find out. I, I've said how I kind of enjoy this, this Falcons experience somewhat. So I'm just curious what this game's going to be like. I think it's, if anything, I mean, we're going to see the way Taysom Hill has been used before
5: to be used again, which is a big dose of him, along with Trevor Simeon, like a, pl- a platoon of both of them. I... I'm with Dan. I think that they've probably come to the conclusion. Like, do you hand the offense over to Taysom Hill alone for the rest of the season? The weird thing is, I think I, I know. would
6: at this point. Because I mean, dude, I, Trevor Simeon's not some better option, right? I like but, Simeon in Denver, but it's been a while, and he didn't look great. I didn't. I know they won that game, but it was a tough situation. And like this matchup, for instance, great offensive line for the Saints, great defensive line. You should just be able to destroy the Falcons up front, kind of like Carolina did a week ago. Like, play to your strengths. If yeah, it's, Taysom the, Hill, run the, the, the ball. Like
5: our excitement, and I think Greg, we should that to some degree that what we had seen three weeks prior with Atlanta uh, fizzled up entirely against Carolina, who had com- completely outmuscled them and ran the ball nonstop. And you could see the saints almost saying, we'll do the same thing.
4: And, you know, just to put a little timeline on the Michael Thomas thing, because it's easy to forget now that in 2019, uh, you know, pre COVID. So everything feels like it's really long ago, but it wasn't long ago. He set the NFL record with 149 catches. And then I remember the week one podcast of the 2020 season. I remember talking about it, uh, not here in the old studio, or actually it was in our homes um, and saying that Michael Thomas hurt his ankle in week one. Uh, we don't know the severity. He was being chased around the locker room by the athletic trainer who wanted to look at his ankle, but he wasn't, uh, you know, he didn't want to get it looked at yet. And that was the injury that, Bothered him for the rest of that year that led to the late surgery in June that now has completely wiped out his 2021. So it's a fe- essentially, as Greg said, wiped out two years of his prime. He's going to be 29 next year hmm. uh, with a potentially chronic ankle issue. So this might be kind of the end of Michael Thomas as a star player. And that's pretty crazy. Might where be he the was. end of him in New Orleans.
6: Oh, too. But, they, but
5: they have like so if you go look at his contract, I mean, there's legit dead money attached to him for like the next three years. So it's 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 the a sticky situation.
4: And the relationship between the player and team, that, I mean, even even though they said it was smoothed over, has always been a little bit dicey there too. As no, well. he
6: so. was sending out tweets like calling people snakes. And <laughs> it sounds like he played through the injury for the right reasons. He wanted to try to help Drew Brees's final year. And then it got real sideways once we got to this offseason. He was
4: not taking phone calls. It's a lot. All right, Mark, you are up.
6: Well, I'm doing
5: this strategically uh, because I've got a game I'm going to be hyper focused on. I will be hyper focused on this because I'm professional as well. But it's going to be Buffalo at Jacksonville. <laughs> told
4: on yourself though at the beginning of that.
5: No, I'm mean, think it's just like uh, we've all said that. Greg talks about like the. Yeah, second you got to knock it out. You gotta, if you got to knock
6: on. out every game, then make your secondary game. I, you know,
5: this you is a little spicy to me because I find the Jaguars just the whole Jaguars experience. Um, every week there's some new, some new explosion that happens to some team it feels like it could always be Jacksonville and I kind of en- am enjoying watching the visage of urban Meyer uh, no matter what's happening in any game at this point this season there is no reason for Buffalo not to go in and completely control this game take it out on Jacksonville and run away with it their defense is the you know there's nothing that Jacksonville is doing on offense that suggests they can Give the Buffalo any sort of a problem here. I think Trevor Lawrence is stuck in a tough situation uh, in an offense that, it, it to me, feels t- to be lacking an identity. Like Lavisca Chenault, like a great receiver. Where is this guy? Like I like to use him more. And I losing James Robinson last week killed them. This is a Buffalo game, top to bottom. But there's one reason that I really, really is like he gonna- this. I am not locking I don't think I'm permitted to lock it up. <laughs> you can up. lock up the Jaguars. And you were you were killing me for this coming out of the Cooper and Cooper scenario uh, in Dallas and Minnesota. Oh, no, but this is the first time. Well, let's put it this way. Josh Allen versus Josh Allen. Okay? If Josh yeah. Allen the, the Jaguars defender sacks Josh Allen the Buffalo Bills quarterback since Stax, since sacks were even recorded back in 1982, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. there has never been an NFL player to sack a quarterback with the same exact name. So monitor this heavily. Uh, I will be. Why is that not intriguing
4: to if, you if on these any level? If these two Allens are involved in a, a big play in this game and it's a score agami. It's well I will I'll give you your props. Like anyway. a sack this fumble is, to I'll create you, a score agami. It has to be buzzer. both. That the the probability of know. that does not exist. Um I don't know. And by the way, see you guys on Sundays. You guys try to watch too many games. That's where you guys. I get don't. In I only watch two. You got too many screens. I don't. So your your the the mind is unable to process that much. You have one game that's your main game. You have a second game that you could clock in on and change the volumes and commercial breaks. And that's how you do. Wait, it. wait,
5: wait a minute. Hold I on. Mean, that's What I you, do? Hold you, on.
4: Mark has like the Minority Report set up with Tom Cruise. You have nine games set games up. Yeah, the like there's time. no way
5: I'm he's not, able to process anything. I'm not any tracking every
4: one of them. And, and you're an intelligent man, but there's a certain point for where you won't be able to track anything
5: I, if you're trying to track too much. My body, my rights. <laughs> I'll do what I want to do. How about that?
6: It works for it is, me. This is homeopathic sort of. method. On, don't get me started on, uh, that, on that business. On Sundays, uh, the, you what was mentioned Greg's point about homeo- homeopathic. That it, I, that it all is
3: homeopathic. a hundred percent. We don't need this. A lot of it is
5: preventative, proven. Greg.
6: Yes, it's yes. Scientific- preventative. scientific. So no, you've no, no, medical journal. Yeah. No, no, I was. I was. That was joking. <laughs> there was. There was this tweet going around yesterday. It was from Wikipedia or whatever, and it was just. It was like <laughs> scientifically discrediting any homeopathic or alternative medicines, or else they just would be called medicines. You know, what, you what you
3: can't. Oh my you can don't god! You want
6: I
2: to don't believe. even. You it's don't like, even like you but it's want. like.
3: It's not even.
5: I can
2: just, believe just what you are. Everything, yeah, was, everything you say, happen.
3: Greg is like this is the best team in the NFL or this yeah. is the best game. Like you're so, you know, with conviction. That's a hundred percent. I was I was, yeah. taking it
6: from from a funny tweet I saw. yesterday. I can't, I can't find it. You mentioned the big point spreads earlier. Teams with double-digit point spreads, the favorites, are 9-5 and five this year. So, for the most part, when you get these two touchdown favorites, they're covering, and this one seems too low to me. I mean, to me, the Bills are maybe the best team in the NFL, and the Jaguars might be the worst team in the NFL. I think they're right there with Houston because the defense is so bad. You know, As much as I love Geno, I mean, they made Geno look like you know Joe Montana out there last week. Tyrod lit him up in week 1. You know, Teddy lit like a lot of lower level quarterbacks have lit this Jaguars team up. So Josh Allen comes in, forget it.
4: And listen, nobody cares about your fantasy team, but you know, a lot of people have Stefan Diggs, so I'm just going to say to Stefan Diggs, "Hey Steph, how about a 10 for 140 and two? How about you throw one of those to us?"
5: Well, you got it from Cole Beasley a week ago, so it's, you know.
4: I don't get I could get something from Cole Beasley. Yes, you could. If I get too close. Yes, you could. But he's not on my fantasy team. Stephon no, he's not. Diggs is. Let us move on, Mark. Snakes to you.
5: Well, uh, you know, I'm. I have to t- take the the late game. Uh, the li- last one remaining here. The Chargers at the Eagles. Not bad. No, I like it. It's good. I want to see how the Chargers respond to what they've been through of late. I thought that they were outcoached by Bill Belichick's defense last week. You know, two years in a row has made life tough on Justin Herbert. Um, the Eagles. It's interesting because. Herbie. With all the, uh, what did you, what was that?
3: Herbie.
5: That feels like a slightly disrespectful. Don't uh, worry about it. It's fine. Keep okay. going. I apologize. Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator. It, this may be kind of like where this defense in theory would work because mm-hmm. it's what we saw before where Justin Herbert has struggled in the last couple of games facing, you know, seven plus defenders in coverage. That's what they've been doing to him. And, you know, his, his interceptions. F- um, almost five of his, of his six have come against non-blitzes. It's it's just that they're putting people way out there in the secondary and, and taking away options. And I'd, I if this Eagles defense is going to work at all, in theory, that this strategy would work for them on that front. I, I don't trust that to occur. I think this is where the Chargers need to have their comeback game because I still see this as a playoff team that is working through some kinks.
6: Yeah, the Eagles keep getting this opportunity to get back to somewhat – some relevance, and then they've usually fallen on their faces. You know the, that Raiders game a couple weeks ago. A couple times where they've had a chance to at least get back to within one game of 500. I don't, I don't trust them. I don't. You know, when you have that big of an edge at quarterback, I start having to look for other reasons why the Chargers can't lose. Now their offensive line has struggled with things uh the last couple of weeks. Really, the right side collapsed pretty repeatedly against New England and. You know, Philly's got the front to make some things happen. Dallas Goddard certainly playing well last week. It was like a sports radio dream. Everything Eagles fans had been asking for some more creativity from their defense. The run game. Jalen Hurts running work. Man, he He's like Fields. He's not as good a runner as Fields, but man, when Hertz is in the open field, like you just want him to do that more because he's so good at it. So I, I'm with you. I, I lean Chargers in this game. That game for Philly was like a narrative
5: killer because you're right. It was like 236 yards rushing and all everything else that people were had their hair on fire. The antidote came, but that I think that was fool's gold.
4: Yeah, I like you know you want to see Justin Herbert shake out of this uh, little mini slide and just show us that it's a slump and have a big game here. They just did nothing on offense against Patriots. And I know, you know, when, when Belichick cooks up a good game plan, he could shut down any anyone, but you know, he had 143 yards passing before that garbage time drive. And if you look at their week to week scoring on offense, they've been very hit or miss, which I don't think anybody was expecting, but uh, I think they're okay. I think they'll take care of business here. And Greggy, you are up next. uh,
0: After this break, you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring,
4: Uh, all right. Welcome back. I'm jumping you, baby. Oh, Wait for my second. Pick? Oh, I'm jumping you, baby. <laughs> Ooh, it's hope... a jump, baby Deep in the draft. We're grabbing Pat's Panthers. <laughs> yes. Oh, we're grabbing them. I jumped you, baby. That's two. <laughs> all right. I'm not watching Texans at Dolphins.
6: I would. I don't want to disappoint you because you won't believe me, but I was not drafting the Patriots. Because Ouch, I, that's I a tough this, for Dan's front offense. I don't want hear, the stress. I don't want yeah, the stress. That's why I would have taken like the first. It's a total. Nope. You went and got what you There's needed. There's one you don't need to fun worry game left. That. I personally, as a Patriots fan, kind of go every other week. I like to watch them on Game Pass. It's not a new New spin trend zone. It's the truth. It's been, and um, there's one very good uh, game left still.
4: I you know, Greg, I don't know if you've noticed uh, this season. I've been on the, pa- I've been on the yeah. Patriots. I like the Patriots. I know it's I weird. Like this team. It's a little weird. Although you did lock against them last week. I locked week. against them, but you know what? <laughs> I learned a lesson there. Don't um, <laughs> lock against them. I, I was like, I thought they were a team. I think I thought they were frisky entering last week, but I thought. I guess I learned that maybe I shouldn't be so high on the Chargers because I kind of got behind this idea that LA was going to shake off a bad game and kick some ass at home, but the Chargers let me down there, so I'm moving off the Chargers. And I'll tell you what, how about this for a uh, a make good? I'm going to lock up the Pats on the road in Carolina because I think, and I don't know, I don't know if Sam Darnold's starting. I don't know if it's he's uh, been at practice. Uh, he's got the shoulder injury. He's got a concussion. He's
3: coming off. P.J. Walker was practicing P- with first. P.J. Drop, Walker. And snaps. I, I
4: can tell you this. I'll tell you some advanced scouting. The old Zeuser did uh, over the past 30 years. Bill Belichick knows how to uh, coach against Sam Darnold. So if Sam Darnold's a quarterback. <laughs> I'm feeling real good about Belichick going down there and scheming up something to confuse a slumping Sam Darnold. And if the, if, if the kid from Temple's playing, oh, my goodness, it's going to be a bloodbath. So. I am feeling good about the Pats. I think I thought it was interesting that Mac Jones struggled as much as he did last week, and they still found a way to beat a quality opponent on the road. That shows you that the Patriots are kind of putting something together here. And when you look at a muddled AFC uh, wild card picture, I think the Patriots are going to end up in one of those spots, Greg. And you're hmm. going to get to watch a January playoff game. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, obviously, but I think. The reason I think they will do that is these are the type of games they will take advantage of and take care of a win in Carolina.
6: Well, they're certainly improving on offense and and possibly on defense. That was one of their best defensive performances a year ago. I think Matt Rule has watched so much Bill Belichick over the years. He's such a fanboy. It's 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 not weird. It makes total sense. He grew up as a Giants fan. He grew up. As a kid, he's 46 years old now. So that puts him at the age that he was watching the height of Bill Belichick as a defensive coordinator. And when he's talking about, like, I just want to run the ball and play defense, it's like I believe him that with the team that he has now, he thinks that's the best way to win. I'm sure Belichick enjoyed that tape last week, like watching the Panthers run 47 times and just impose their will on Atlanta, Uh, you know, up until the moment that that Stefan Gilmore made that interception. And then he's like, oh, yeah, that would be good. Like, I, um. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, shoot. A Steph Gilmore revenge yeah, game. That was I an ugly not about final that. note. Yes. Right. It'd yeah. be like, oh, yeah, wait. Oh, the guy that said, let me take on Kyle Pitts and then shuts Kyle Pitts down. I went, even, I'm, you know, I missed Stefan Gilmore enough. I went back and watched those snaps from Gilmore. We got this nice <laughs> little feature I got to show you guys. And he's physical. He did a good job. He's only playing like 20 snaps, and they said that it might be the case again this week, which is a little weird. So he'll be like a tight end, third down type of stopper. But the way you beat Carolina in this pass rush is to run the ball at them. So I could just see a lot of running from both teams, and that tends to lead to like close – games, long drives. Ooh, I'm I know with who I'm picking there. I'm with you. I think the Patriots will win, but I could see you sweating it out in a defensive type of game into that. the fourth quarter. That. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like I put a note like over under rushing attempts in this game 90. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
5: they both kind of want to do the same thing. Well, Christian right. McCaffrey could be he we'll wait
4: and see, but so there's a chance he could today. play, right? He that would be huge. Thursday and uh, I just the thing with McCaffrey, if he plays this week, I would be stunned if he has like a big workload. Uh, But again, they've botched Christian McCaffrey for two years in terms of how to handle his health. Um, so who knows how they're going to play this. It Would it totally surprise me if they gave him the ball 30 times also? No. That wouldn't stun me either, although it's pretty apparent that Chuba Hubbard's a pretty good backup, that you should have some type of A-B attack if he returns, but we're not even sure he's returning. I think he's not going to. Because Matt Rule <laughs> said uh, at the beginning of this week, he was very open-ended with it. He says, yeah, he'll probably practice this week. He could return week 9 or week 10, so it's very open-ended at this time whether he's even
5: playing. I mean, with or without him, Like, this is a team going through a complete metamorphosis on offense, Carolina. Are you guys
3: hearing that? Sorry to cut you off, Mark. Are you hearing the lock-off we're about to have? Oh! Oh, I'm putting the Tamposi curse on the Panthers, which means (laughs) the Pats will win.
4: Wait, no!
6: Yes! No! Yes! Baby! Wait, that's not a lock-off. That's not a lock-off.
3: Why I'm locking she's, the Panthers? She's picking Carolina because uh, in oh, real are. life,
5: in real life, the Patriots will right. Prevent. Oh,
4: you dastardly woman!
5: Yes,
3: Jack, bring me a twenty-dollar bill. Let's <laughs> oh, go. Look at you. Let's go, so baby. how do I feel about this? According to your
5: like, you you just know that you pick. will lose every team I pick. From the lock angle, yeah, okay. I
3: can't. I'm so far back. Yeah, there's no oh, chance. Wow. I don't love that really mentality from
4: Erica, but it makes some sense. Interesting. You know? So, is this put me in a good spot or a bad spot? In a good spot. Because yeah. I'm going against Erica, but I'm not really going against her because she's actually locking the Patriots. No, 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 it's, no, no. no, no. It's, it's good. But every locking year. the Panthers. It's every team
3: I lock loses, so I lose. So I'm locking the Panthers, so the Panthers will I lose. I see what you're saying. So the Patriots yeah. will but win. You you'll, win, caught win caught you'll win your lock. You'll win your lock. Or how
5: about the door number three? Be totally unconcerned with the entire thing and
4: just do your business.
3: All okay, right, Greg.
4: There you go. Mark. <laughs> what? <laughs> what were you saying? All right. I have no idea. All right, at this then let's point. move is, on. Forget about it. All right. Uh Greg, you have the final pick of the draft. You could choose between the Texans and Dolphins, battle of uh one and sevens, or the Broncos, Cowboys. I think I know where you're going. Wait, did I
6: miss the Raiders Giants being picked? Oh, Raiders no, Giants. No, you did not. That that was like your Raiders were available. That's a good backup game. That's that was a, my
4: plan all along. That was my plan. So weird times we watching the Raiders. I don't know, man. And the Giants. I just watch them in prime time. I could use a little bit of a break for an extra day. I mean,
6: Henry Ruggs has been, since been released by the team since we last recorded. I you know, it's it's a brutal story. I thought Rich Besace and Derek Carr talking about everything was you know, they were about as well-spoken as you could be on it. I mean, it's bigger than football. He's not on the team. I don't know. There's not much more, like, to talk about with that. It's not like – I mean, the uh, guy – Like, he was going 156 miles an hour. That happens. Like, there's nothing more you can say. Saying, like, that's horrible. Of course it's horrible. Like, we – It's just it's a tragedy. Unbelievable it's unbelievable when tragedy. you kind of
4: just factor everything the, – the sadness of it. I mean, the the fact that this woman, this woman dies just driving home to her parents' house – um, just minding her own business. It, it, it's just a terrible thing. And then for this guy to have so much potential in his life, and and be so set up, um, both from a professional standpoint and being able to help his family with the money he was going to make, and and he ruins his life. He takes a life, and it's all just. I mean, it's one of the saddest stories in a long time. Yeah,
5: it's like I I think we're all completely on the same. Page and unlocks up that it's it it is an immense the immense tragedy. He was the
4: first wide receiver picked in last year's draft.
5: Well, and also you look at that, you know, from a football angle that their 2020 draft is an absolute mess at this point. But that has nothing to do with with, ha- with what happened with Henry Ruggs. It's a total tragedy, and the and the Raiders have been through qu- so much this season, so much tumult. I, I they do seem like a team that sticks together no matter what. I am locking up the Raiders in this game. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that. That could change at this point be- right. between now and Sunday. But I, something about the Giants, it's like there's always going to be four or five people not in the lineup. They're getting a little bit healthier. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a little spicy and dangerous too, and they're showing you things, and Daniel Jones feels like the real deal. I think Patrick Graham has, did some nice stuff against the Chiefs as a defensive coordinator as well, but I'm going to go I, Raiders here.
4: I mean, that is, a, it's a safe lock, but at the same time, there's so much going on with the Raiders right now. Before you factor in Is it safe? Before you well, just on a, a five and two going against a two and six, but then the fact that they're traveling cross country, the Raiders typically aren't very good at that. And all the things going on behind the scenes, this has has, has to have been a really difficult week in that building, uh, the way things have uh unfolded. It's it's really uh man, it, it's, it's hard not, to believe. It's there's
6: nothing you can just look at what Henry Ruggs, if if you want to, meant to the offense, which I think is is worth mentioning. How well he was playing, he he was easily their most you know dynamic outside receiver. He was on pace for a thousand yards. He had been living up to kind of the promise that they expected in him, and so I don't. He's not going to be an easy person to replace uh, on the field either. Is worth mentioning. That said, when when the Raiders play against a team, I kind of look at the opposition's line play. Like, can they get after Derek Carr? Because that's kind of their weakness. No, the Giants can't really. And can they uh, hold up against this really good Raiders pass rush? I don't know if the Giants can do that. Not I, their I, line. I, I I think the Raiders are, are a much better team. I'm, I'm kind of with Where you. Where are we at on Saquon? What is his situation? He might be returning this week. It sounds like Tony is probably a go. We don't. We're not. Galladay sounds less likely. Shepard's Shepherds. Not Shepherds up in yeah. Well,
2: they've got all
5: this like that. Sounds Saints. like Saquon could have been a false positive, along with some other Giants players too. The
6: Doctor Sills actually weighed in on that. So there's that's a, a TBD. Right. There's a lot going on with them, but it's funny because we go through this every Thursday. It's like oh, which Giants are playing, but you can't account for the Giants who are all going to get hurt in the fourth in the first quarter. <laughs> right. Think like you can't true. you can't like put that on the on the list, and that happens every week. It's really crazy.
4: Uh. Let's see. Yeah. So. Saquon tested negative for COVID on Wednesday. Um, and then, let's see. Well, they kind of – That's murky. Trying to I mean, get they they the closed field. down their whole complex. They so can't practice. The I don't know. That's, Joe
6: Judge doing press conferences in the parking lot. A what lot. a mess that year has been for them.
4: Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, go through the rest of the games. Yes, we'll start with the Broncos at the Cowboys. The Broncos just traded away the face of the franchise. Von Miller. Now they go to Dallas to face a Cowboy team that should have Dak Prescott back on the field. I don't like how this is going to go for the Broncos. <laughs> no, it should, it should be terrible. Uh,
6: you know, they got this one-week break against Washington defensively, um, the, the Broncos' defense, that is, uh, and then you got to go to Dallas. Now, they're going to be without Tyron Smith, it sounds like, but Dak Prescott is going to play, and you just think that they – any team with a good running game can run through this Broncos squad. They just—they're so soft up front that you just figure Dallas is going to be able to run for about 225. And just when you think the offense for Denver maybe at least was getting healthier, you know they got Judy back, they got uh, Oakway Benom back. Uh, their left tackle Garrett Bowles is on IR now, and Noah Fant, their tight end, got COVID. So even their good kind of injury news on offense has been taken away. I don't I don't chalk up the the win
5: over Washington as, you know, just a invisible feather that no one needs to care about. I mean, it was I think it was what the Broncos under Fangio kind of wanted to be, you know, a smothering defense and just enough from Teddy Bridgewater, but it almost wasn't enough. There was enough hijinks at the end of that game where it was nearly just a loss. So it's like I I don't really trust Denver to do much
6: of anything, and Dallas is simply too overpowering. One last thing about Dallas, just before we move on. Last week's game really showed me – you want? You always – they're looking to give Mike McCarthy credit. Mm-hmm. Are we doing that yet? I, I think we should at this I'm gonna point. I'm going to give oh, – here's where the credit is. I love the philosophy <laughs> in that game that – they threw more than double the amount of 20-yard throws of Minnesota. They had more than double the amount of passing first downs. They had more than double of, of explosive plays with Cooper Rush. They were down in that game, and they were letting Cooper Rush throw on traditional running downs, like aggressive plays. That, That's aggressive. That's like, hey, we believe in our yes. backup, and we know where our talent is. It's on offense. I think that's also Kellen Moore. Sure, but you got to give McCarthy McCarthy has got telling more is letting Credit, his coordinators I'm, coordinate. Right, I'm saying he's he wants to be aggressive I think offensively, or else they wouldn't be.
4: I it annoys everybody that hates Mike McCarthy, which is two guys in this room, but like he's Hate done a great is a job. Strong he's word. put together a good coaching staff. He's a great he knows how to do this. He knows how to be a head coach at this level and they're thriving as a group, a collective Group. I've been questioning just him. You
6: thought he was hot from a certain
4: angle <laughs> right, in July right. for some reason. Que- you really questioning like- <laughs> the Mike McCarthy experience coming into this season was no, not. No, this is a. It's just a thing. It's a thing in the in football culture. It's like certain guys stink and are bad, and then when they have really good seasons, it's never them. It's the guys that are underneath them and it's like you know McCarthy what it is. It's because he's
6: because his biggest weakness is game management, and that's definitely like the easiest thing to pick on. He flamed out
5: hard in Green Bay, and then had this so-called. You know, awakening during his year away,
4: uh, and he's And now fine. he's coaching arguably the best team in football
5: with, I think, two with with two coordinators who could win co assistant okay. coach of there the year. Go. I he mean, Dan them. Quinn has been a them. big difference.
4: He did. I'm so not were they, did, were they handed to him? He is doing
5: or? what you should do. He's Maybe. delegating well and Although, he's doing and a good job. Do you, think you could, he, he, he,
4: do you think he ever has conversations with either of his coordinators? Never. Or is no, no, up no, in never. an ivory tower never. somewhere at the star? Uh, I, ivory tower. Although yeah.
6: it, it, um, <laughs>
4: you could at least
6: make the argument, though, that like – Go ahead. Did he hire them? Because nah. Jerry Jones kind of makes all the – he hired Kellen Moore. It's not like uh, McCarthy right. did. And then, you know – Jerry Jones. Might I would be say, Dan say Quinn. he is
5: giving Kellen Moore a ton of
6: autonomy, which I, I think is a this, sign
5: of a good. I would situation. say this
4: because we know exactly what's going on in the in the building. Obviously, uh, you guys do at least. Um, I will say this: maybe when we have our hot hot butt conversation uh, next week's show for the coaches, we should have a conversation on McCarthy because obviously he's not someone that's worthy of even being a head coach potentially right now. I mean, I
6: think but he you has are, more you of a are, ch- This
5: is a straw man. Like,
6: I, no, it's not, because I think he has more of a chance of losing his job after this year than um, than you do. I think there is a chance.
4: <laughs> How many sandwiches do you want to put on? I right?
6: would be surprised. <laughs> At this point, they've been, I mean. my my. The only way that scenario works is if Kellen Moore is getting offers and Jerry just decides to make a change. It's like they lose in the divisional round and Kellen Moore gets offers and Jerry's like, sorry, Mike. All
4: right, let's take a break and then finish
0: out. You go into your shower feeling
1: Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution, a great tasting, all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. dot com.
4: right, here we go. Texans at Dolphins. Two, one, and sevens going,
1: going to
4: war. A, we should put a clock on this. Go, that's, going that's to war. Let's do, let's do one minute on this game. You start, Mark.
6: What game is it? I was wow. texting right. Dolphins. Tyrod's back. Tyrod's like, back. <laughs> that makes a difference. It, it really does. I was a little surprised it only made like a cup a point or two difference in the point spread. I was like, Tyrod's got to be worth at least three or four over Davis Mills. He gives him a chance. Two most depressing teams in the AFC potentially. Yeah, the Dolphins are <laughs> – I agree. The Dolphins have been hit by third down I believe. Re- I think regression. that's a good point, Mark. If you're into <laughs> analytics, no? that like third down – Performance is not predictive year to year. The Dolphins are are a great example. They were first or second two straight years under Flores, and now they're 29th or 30th on defense. Well, like, how about this? Their, their stuff has not worked on, on third downs.
4: Tua, you've had a rough ride this year. You've been dealt a bad I hand. I want to be around with anymore. all the Deshaun Watson stuff. The good news is he is not going to be in your building, at least not for the next six months or so. So now is your opportunity to give yourself a shot, to make a statement, and you don't get a better stage than home against the Texans, the worst team in football. Kick some ass, Tua. They, they were not the worst team in football
5: when Tyrod was on the field, when he was hurt against Cleveland in that early season work. They were completely he different on offense. He played six great quarters. Right. It,
6: whether that translates – this team somehow seems worse, but we'll see.
5: I just wonder <laughs> if the Dolphins are also maybe like the perfect person to go deal with on that
6: front too if you're Houston. Like but. Tunsil's not there. Ingram's not there. You know, they've lost some people too.
4: All right. I think we got everybody. We got all the games. Good stuff. Again, check out the TNF recap. Uh, that will be in your uh, podcast service of note. Uh, we will recap all the games that we just previewed on Sunday night, the flagship podcast, and the Around the NFL broadcast on NFL Network, a two-hour program in which we go around the NFL, hitting all 32 teams, two minutes per team. We have fun. You should check that show out at Air Saturday mornings uh, with a re-air, I believe, so find it. Watch it, consume it, and uh, call your local cable operator uh, to let them know how much you enjoy it. That's so You don't have that to do that. sounds less. like a chore. Yeah.
6: Usually they're like, call I want your I operator MTV. and say, yeah, like get me NFL Network. It'd be funny if just a lot of people were just like, hey, I really like that around the NFL.
4: <laughs> well,
6: I don't know what that it's would like, do. That would
4: everyone be- call your local cable operator and demand NFL Network. He's like, I want NFL Network. You have it. It's in your package. It's under the sports <laughs> tier. It's channel 271. Oh okay you're set Thank to you. go
5: nice conversation
4: <laughs> all right good good stuff ricky i didn't get your insight i know you're not a uh, a parent yep but uh you are you're a smart person what, what how do you how do i handle jack
3: i i really think the sentiment's really nice but you gotta you gotta nip that in the bud you can't be going in your wallet you gotta really you gotta so what,
4: i mean what are you saying i do Get you the got, ruler out. You, no, I take
3: the belt off and oh. and teach him teach yeah, him Yeah, that a got lesson.
4: Adrian Peterson run out of the league.
5: Yeah, that's
3: true. But he's he's back. <laughs> Erica, ready to be ready
5: ready to do some hardcore. No, parenting. no, no.
3: But I think I mean you can be scary.
4: I like Erica as like a Catholic school nun in her former life, just wailing away on kids. Jeez,
3: you got to. She's like
4: going off. You got. I mean, is that is that your past?
3: No, no. Oh, I yeah. was never hit. I did get hot pepper in my mouth if I swore though. Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
5: Versus soap, which I don't remember actually. But hot
3: pepper was a, a brutal. Lifestyle. That, that like my mom would chase us around and then she'd grab your cheeks and she'd push them together and she'd literally dump hot pepper flakes in your mouth and it burned like hell. It's we, like they did that stuff in like medieval times <laughs> to like punish
4: people who stole fruit.
3: Yeah. Now I'm not going to be able to get my mom on the phone because like child yeah. services is going to be coming after her after this. But clearly her methods worked with you, Erica.
4: All right. Hey, f*** off. All right. Here we go. That's it. Dan Hanza signing off for Quiet Storm, the old boss, Ricky's sister, Mary Catherine, Tamposi. Uh, everybody behind the glass, the grave digger, feeling confident, but is, thinks his team's going to get a 40-burger put on it nearly, so how confident can he really be? I don't know. We'll see. Not at all. <sighs> the, yeah, it's doesn't sort of have, doesn't even have a mixed covering. messages. Just... <laughs> what yeah. really disappoints, Greg, is that you don't have the Titans cover. Yeah. All right. Till... Sunday, heed that call.
1: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos.